welcome back to another episode of the crystal lens experience my name is crystal aka the crystal lens my pronouns are she and they and i am here to bring you another really awesome interview with a man who was actually in middle school at the time of busing as you know we're promoting the film the walk as you can see behind me if you're watching um which was co-written by my production partner, George Powell. And it's coming out June 10th. And I got my list of cities this time because last time I had my list of cities. Mm. So it's coming out June 10th. You can catch it in Los Angeles, New York City, Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Detroit, Minneapolis, and Orlando. So make sure you come out and check out The Walk. It's all about uh, 1974 in Boston, busing, you know, busing Black students to white schools and all that. But today we're going to get into a really dope interview with a really interesting man named James Harris and I'm so excited to welcome him onto the show so welcome 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 Mr. James. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming um so you mentioned to me before we started that you were in middle school at the time of busing so can you kind of tell us a little bit about you know like where you're from and how you know you're connected to busing specifically. Okay well I'm from Roxbury Boston okay. Mass. And um, I used to go to a school, you know, the grammar school, uh, Sarah J. Baker. And I can remember like near the end of school, you know, they gave us a petition to have people sign to keep the, the schools, to keep us in the schools that we were in, in the, in the local neighborhoods. And then they didn't get enough petitions and then, you know, they didn't get enough signatures. So all of a sudden it's supposed to be, we, it, during the next school year, we're going to start busing now unfamiliar with it you know and just like like you know being being in being in the neighborhood where you was from and when they started talking about it it was scary because they were saying that we was going to have police escorts you know people was going to be out there picketing and just a whole bunch of things that you know not familiar with now we're going to be integrated so now we're going to be going to school with white people and stuff and there were maybe one or two white people in our school that lived in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think nothing big of it until they said, you know, the chaos that was going on. So I can remember like, okay, the older kids around my, my neighborhood, which I grew up on Copeland Street. So the older kids are already scaring us. They're already telling us what's gonna be going on and things like that. You gotta stay close because they're gonna be trying to get us and you know, things like that fighting. So I can remember the very first time we they tell us where our, you know our assigned bus routes are. You know, we go there, get on a bus, and then we go and congregate, like we we convoy at the Bayside Expo. Now back then it was just an empty parking lot, abandoned abandonment, and then they had the Columbia Point projects like right behind us. Mm -hmm. So when we convoyed, so all the buses lined up there, they usually was the last kids that came in. So, you know, once all everything got everything, everything got assembled, the next thing you know, we have the motorcycle brigade. Mm -hmm. Now, while we're there waiting for the buses, we got police, state troopers on horses. I remember the very first day there was helicopters. Wow. And I could just, I can remember like really being nervous. It's almost like you watch a movie and you see prisoners getting shipped to a prison. That's what okay. it felt like. So, you know, so after that, you know, they all come together, bus, for every bus, there was two motorcycles. So we have like, we'll say 10 buses. So we have two in the front, two by side for all the buses and two in the back. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you hear the helicopters and, we, and we're off to school. And I have one, like when I tell my story, I always tell the story that I first remember when we got there. Mm -hmm. They were outside, they was picking at us, but I can remember this one old white lady with an American flag in her hand, a sign on her chest and her middle finger sticking up saying, niggas go home. Wow. And that's what I remember. Now in, 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 the, in the junior high school, we didn't have, um, the metal detectors and things. Okay. You know, so, but we did have a bar right next to the school 
And every day we leave, we got people throwing bottles at us. Wow. You know, they got their privates sticking out and they're just calling up niggas for the N-word or how wow. and, 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 and you could see, like these are grown men kind of already buzzed at two o'clock. They already kind of drunk. Right. And they are so adamant about us not being there that we're like kids. Right, you know, you're just kids. You know, we're just kids and they're throwing bottles and things at us. Wow. So after that, so you know, we I get through the junior high. Now it's time to go to the high school, and 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 nothing had died down because you know, like like you know, you talked about earlier with George that there was a lot of documentaries, right? You know, and and you see this documentary, but the tension was still there. And I can remember, you know, going to the high school now. It's a little different because now we got the metal detectors. We got right. the. Now let me just go back real quick. And this because is a couple I, years later, right? That this you were is three years about? later. But I'm going to go back to the high school because, I mean, to the junior high, because a lot of things happened like during, in, during the junior high years because, you know, there wasn't really riots. But anytime there was a riot at the high school, mm-hmm. they would, grown folks to us, they look grown, you know, but there was grown men, you know, high school students come down to the junior high. And you can hear the, you know, the aides on the walkie-talkies telling them to lock the doors and lock the doors. And we could be in a machine shop. And next thing you know, it's like, you know, a gorilla at a zoo. They're banging on the windows, you know, calling us niggas. They tell us, get, our teachers are telling us to get away from the windows. But we yeah. had bars on the windows. So they couldn't get in through there. But it was like a scary experience. Right. And you're just trying to get it, like on a real basic level, you're just trying to get an education. Uh, edu- yeah. But the thing about that, the schools were really no different from the schools in Roxbury, you know, mm-hmm. that the schools that I went to, you know, so. Tell me about that. Like be, like the schools, I mean, the schools in Roxbury seemed like the same thing. It didn't seem like we were higher education or nothing. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like we just was bused to different schools. It was the same type of school that I left. It was no different. So the quality wasn't necessarily it wasn't, like yeah, higher. It wasn't, like, a, it wasn't like 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 black people going to the Mecca program. You know right. what I mean? It was just normal schools, just like the schools I left with the same quality or type of teachers that I just left. I didn't see the purpose. I can remember like on the news when they was first talking about it, Louise Day Hicks, you know, you know, she was the person that kind of started the busing for us to have, I guess, to segregate and to have a better quality of education, but it didn't mm-hmm. seem no different, honestly. Wow, wow, that's powerful. That's really powerful because I think the perception of what you know people talk about when they say you know busing and things like that was like, oh, they're busing poor black kids into these other neighborhoods so that they can have a better education, and it and it was about yes integration, but. I always hear that, like the point of it was a better education, it was a better education, but to hear you say that the quality wasn't even that much higher, it was like, what was the point? What was the point of putting y'all through all of that? Yeah, and the thing is, it was like taking poor black students and sending them to poor white schools. That's what it was like. So that, right. you know, that should have been, yeah, that should have been what they, you know, what it, what it read because that's all it was. So right. Boston, was you know it looked no different it looked right. a little grayer to me right you know, a little a little duller right you know so you know going to high school i can remember like you know going through the metal detectors and i can remember you know like it be i can remember like they would set up riots you know so i can remember one time my my homeroom classes in the music department Mm-hmm. And then I can remember, like, you know, and I was kind of, I was skinny and and I hadn't had that growth spurt yet. So mm-hmm. a lot of the guys that was in my class were a little bigger. So I can remember them saying, you know, listen, they're going to try something. Stay close. So I can remember because I, 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 our school, our homeroom class was in the music where the, where the um, auditorium was. So we would go and then go down some stairs. Mm-hmm. And the class was where they held all the music instruments. Mm-hmm. So now we go back up and there's some um, 
kids sitting, white kids sitting in the audience, like sitting in the auditorium chairs. And then one says something. And then one of the, you know, white guy say something, black guy responds. And then next thing you know, the doors close, they put sticks in them. Now we have nowhere to run. We have nowhere to go. So we're there fighting. They blocked the you guys in? They blocked us in because there's two exits, one on this side, one on that side. So what they did was close the doors, stick some broomsticks in it. And next thing you know, they came out of everywhere. So it's about, we'll say about 12 of us and it's about 30 of them. Wow. And I can remember that, you know, back then this is when the haircut, the short waves and everybody was wearing, um, carrying like metal brushes. But I still had like a little mini afro. So I had a pick. So that became my weapon. Wow. You know, and this is in a, school. In, this is in school. I went from a pick in my hair to using it to keep the white people off of me. And then the bell rang. And next thing you know, it was the black people came from out of nowhere. And it was just, you know, mayhem. You know, it was just mayhem. It was like it, it lasted. It seemed like a long time, but it lasted no more than probably five minutes. And then, you know, next thing you know, you know, we 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 start getting strong and forces and now they're running out to school. So how did now, they, so they you guys so more black people showed? I mean, so I was going to say, like, how did it end? You know what I mean? I'm thinking like, how do you with, It ended with some people knocked out and wounded on the ground, the aides on their radios calling for the buses to come. And then, you know, the white people running out were out to school. You know, and they would have ways to get in, like through the machine shop, through the auto body shop and things like that. And they would set you up like the the rule was don't be down in the basement, like the gym, the woodworking class, the machine shops and things, the welding class. You couldn't be down there by yourself. If you get caught down there, know that you're going to get jumped. Know that they're coming to get you. And know that they're there in full force. And a lot of things was people that were there didn't even attend the school. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't in the classes. You'll see them during football season. You'll see them during hockey season, but you would see them no time when the game, when the game was to be played, they would show up. These guys had beards down their hair, look old and, and brolicky, you know, right. but you know, but they weren't, they, we never seen them in a class. Wow. And so they these were, are, are these adults or these students? They're like adults. So if we're, so if, Going to high school, you're around 16, right? Leave around when you're 18, 19. All right, so so if we're like 15 and 16, they look 19, 20. They look oh. 19, 20, 21, you yeah. know, and things like that. Wow. I, wow. I can remember another time. Go ahead, if you want to say something. No, I was, I'm just like processing it because I'm, I'm I love... I love how descriptive you are because I, I feel like you literally like place me in there. Um, and this is a new perspective that, you know, I haven't heard this story before of like, you know, y'all being locked in the auditorium and, yeah. you know, them coming out of nowhere and just kind of like jumping y'all and like, that's crazy to me. <laughs> like, how did you, so I'm, I'm curious about the school year, like overall, like, how how was the school year? How often was this happening? How was your education? Education for me, I really say I could have got more, but like it was poor. Right. It was poor because too many distractions. Plus, I'm like a class clown, so you know, <laughs> it, you know. So I had my days of having fun and being silly, and right. you know, lacking and you know, not getting the education that I could have got. But right. with that being said, I did graduate. I graduated a year late. But there were like, like it kind of died down. But before it died down, there were a lot of riots. There were riots with one time, you know, um, what is it? Roots were was on TV. Right. So Roots was on. Now you got angry black people. Mm. Now, if anything sets off, we're we're ready now because you know we're 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 mad now. Watching right. Roots every day for six days in a row, or how long it was on TV, it was a series. Right. So Roots is on, we're mad. The riot breaks out. I can remember a friend of mine coming through the swing doors and his chains hanging off and his ears cut. And I don't know, like, and I'm not going to lie, because at the time, you know, if you run, you know, you're a coward. So I have to stay there and fight. And next thing you know, we're fighting. And then, and it always seems to happen the same way. Like after the fight, 
they would kind of do it just to get days off of school. So this particular uh -huh. time, it was real intense. It was a real, like it had been happening for a while. So the last day it happened, there were a few pregnant girls in school. Mm -hmm. They're outside, they call the buses. And I can remember my, one of my teachers, his name was Earl Garrett. And he was a gym teacher, basketball coach and things like that. And he's telling, he's going around classes, telling us that, you know, this is, you know, intense. And we're gonna need you guys to protect the women. And wow. you know, we have wait, 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 wait. This is this is the gym teacher telling the male students that they, they needed to protect the, the they needed when, when the buses come, when we go out, we want the guys on the outside, wow. right? We want the women on the inside and we want them to get on the bus first. Wow. Because they were throwing stones, they were still out there you know, and things like that. And then, um, you know, so, but I, but before that, I can remember, like, after we get the people, you know, after the white guys disperse from school or what, your troublemakers, there's still white students that their mother told them to go there and get an education, right. that they're in school. So they, they, even though the riot popped off, these people are still in classes, you know, either being protected by the teacher or still trying to, you know, follow the lesson and i can remember like you know just like a you know a mob we're going around and we're looking for people the white boys or the white kid to get revenge so we're walking around the school and i can remember like my english teacher his name was mr o'neill and i can remember him and it was like a couple of kids in his class and then we go in there but he's standing firm to protect them and what i told the guys that I was with at the time. I said, listen, we're only looking for the troublemakers. So let's leave these guys alone. Mm. And I can remember, you know, we everybody looking at each other, you know, they're kind of mad because they just want to, you know, get their little piece in. Right. And and then all of a sudden, you know, we kind of turn around and we go out, there's two doors. We come in one door and we go out the other door and we go around the school looking for revenge. Right, right, right. You know? Right. Wow. Wow. Because we're going to be there until the buses come. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just processing all of this because I guess my other question is, how often did you guys have to leave school, like in the middle of the day? Or how often was your day disrupted? Now, this particular time, we stayed out of school for two weeks. Wow. On that. And when we got to the expo center, the news people was out there and they were interviewing us. And I wanted to know what was the purpose of us going out there? Why every time we come out there, you know, we have to go through this. Right. And then right after that, it was a snowstorm. And now we're out of school for two more weeks. So we spent a whole month out of school this particular time. Wow. You know, and then when we went back, you know, it would be okay for a while. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, this particular time, I'll tell you another story. Yeah. So, and how long, before you tell me this story, how long is like a while, right? Like how long was it? Between it, it would last like, you know, you have you have a few fights, but no riots. There would be, you know, the racial fighting and you can hear the age and stuff, but then it would die down for like a couple of months. Mm, so how okay. long is a school year? Like nine months? Nine months, yeah. All right, so nine months, it was like, in the beginning, mm -hmm. there'll be like a few rides. There'll be rides where every day we're leaving. The buses are being called, we're gone. Right. And they'll let it die off. The weekend will come, you'll start school again. And you might have like something early on, but it wouldn't be a ride. It would just be fights. You know, if you, like I said, if you get caught down in the, in the basement, you're getting jumped. So you would get, people would get jumped, but it wouldn't spark a riot. Right. See, they, they kind of plan the riots. We just defended them. So, you know, like, so, so instead of, all right, we never really sparked nothing. So they would set it up, say they wanted, I guess, a week off. I don't know how they, you know, planned it. Right. But it would be every, like, like it would start off in the, in the early months. It would, it would be three riots in a month. And then it would die down. So you'll have like a month and two months going would be nothing. Then all of a sudden it would spark again. And then, you know, it would be 
they would it would die down. But at one time it was it they had it to it was running smooth. The school year was running smooth. Mm-hmm. And then one particular day, like it's close to getting warm. And all of a sudden, one day, the convoy of buses, and we had to go like when we went, like when the buses traveled, they traveled in a big square. So we would come up the street, turn, take a left, take another left, and then we'll be right in front of the school. So they would be two by two by two buses. So there's like eight buses, maybe more. I don't remember. I say we'll say eight buses. Sure. Right. But this particular day, we're going. We take the first left. We go up the hill, take the second left, and there's a kid laying in the middle of the street. A black kid or a white kid? White kid laying in the street. All of us are stopped. That street's long enough for all of us to be on it. So all of and then out of nowhere. A bunch of white kids with with baby jars full of paint, just hurling them at the bus, breaking windows. You got paint and, and glass all on you. Specks of you know you're getting cut up. We open the back doors and you know we're in full pursuit. They take off. Wow! So they planned that. So was that, oh, that like, yeah. in the street? Was that was like was the, the decoy? Street. Yeah, he was like like he had got hit. So he's laying in the street like he's hit by a car. Like he's a teenager, he's not a, like a kid, but he's like a, a student. Yeah, yeah. So he's laying in the street and the buses come around and they all stop. And the next thing they're coming from behind cars out of backyards and stuff like that. And I'm talking about paint, broken glass everywhere. Wow. We jump wow. out the back seats, we start chasing them. You know, they run, some will stay and you know, we catch one or two and you know, get a couple licks in. And then yeah. it would be, you know, back in the bus. But we're at school like this, the paint all over us broke. I was going to say, you got to go to school with gotta paint and glass nurse, on you. You know, got to go to the nurse. The buses are damaged. You know, we got paint and broken glass everywhere. And, and it was just, and the thing I never understood is like, but like listening to the interview with George is, we never had their perspective. We never mm-hmm. know how they felt mm-hmm. about us you know, coming into their schools, you mm-hmm. know, whatever things they did on a normal, we altered that, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, like you said, you know, they're mad because they're understanding, you know, they didn't, I didn't understand right. it. Right. They, and they, I think they, that's the thing too, is that having, like you said, the understanding and understanding the other perspective is so important. So yeah. important because I think on both sides there was this is what we were talking about with George too is like there was fear and there was just like displaced emotions and people yeah. were just lashing out. Some people were definitely angry and just hateful, of course, right? Like you have that, but it was just to understand what was going on. That was kind of scary too for people. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Definitely. And, the, and the thing is that, like, I mean, we they give us a bad reputation anyway. You know, the right. stereotype. You know, we're stereotyped. Stereotypical, you know, stereotype, stereotype, yeah, (laughs) yeah, as you know, barbaric and all this, you know, we carry disease, you know, all these things. We're monkeys and we got Mm -hmm. tails under, you know, but you know, but we never like never thought of how they felt for us coming in, Mm -hmm. you know, it was it was forced on them, it was definitely forced on us, right, you know, and it was just done. They said, Well, this is what we're going to do because we're going to desegregate the school, and I can remember the. You know, like I said, Louise Day Hicks, she was the mother. I went to school with John and Daryl. And I can mm-hmm. remember having a fight with them where I almost got kicked out of that school, out of South Boston High, and, bu- and shipped to Hyde Park. Now, all my people that that I was affiliated with and friends with or, you know, you know co-students with, they all went to Southie. So I didn't want to go to Hyde Park, but I can remember yeah. having a fight with, Daryl in the woodworking shop. This brother jumped in, so I binged them up, and they had us in what they call the holding set. Mm-hmm. Like we had a holding unit where black people were in one holding shit, white people were in the other, and they had two monitors the edge there. And even in being in there, you would still fight. You would still be rioting. You know, they got a few students here. And if, and if you was outnumbered, if you was like two black guys and they're, six, they're coming to get you, you know, they, they're going to try. And, and the and the thing that made it so 
weird is because instead of the, the monitors being in the middle, mm-hmm. they were on the far left and then the black, the black room was next to that and then the white room was at the farther right. But there's nothing between us, you know, that could stop us from, you know, attacking each other. Right. So so right. a lot of fights would, would start because of that. Right. You know, we'd be in there. And that was in the basement also. We're wow. we really don't not supposed to be alone. Right. And this is a and was um this school a technical school? Like did was it or was it just like a regular school that it was had, a, like, it was shops? a public school, but it had technical things. It was like a, a trade school almost because okay. it had woodworking, it had machine shop, it had welding, it had auto mechanics and a, and a few other things. Got you it. know, yeah, but it was, yeah, it was like a trade school more. It was a Got public it. school, trade school slash, you know. Right. So let me ask you this, um, James. Do you feel like the monitors, the aides, and the teachers were equipped for everything that was going on during busing? I think they did a good job. I don't think they was equipped because people are clever. Like when you, when they set up to do like, like the, the paint on the, you know, the kid on the street and the paint, that was like, even though they got us, we were saying, damn, that was a good one. You yeah. know, we're like, damn, that was a good one. That was, that was clever. That was creative. So, yeah. But they, they did good for not having, you know, no weapons, you know, you know, and you know, they had to handle it. Was, it's like being a CO in the joint. You know, in jail, it's like, and that's what it was like. And they're already outnumbered. Right. Because it's not enough for them. Right. You know, so, but one thing I want to do, I want to say about um, the busing. And and, and, and what the busing did for me, it brought unity to Black communities. It brought, Mm -hmm. you know, you got Orchard Park here, you got Columbia Point there. You got Uppers Corner. You know, you got all these these areas that used to fight with each other right now we're going to school fighting together right you know and that's one of the things that you know now you're able to be friends with a person that you were enemies with right and i'm not saying you know being young you're not real enemies you just you know it was like neighborhood beef but yeah yeah yeah, exactly so but what that did was brought us all together Mm-hmm. It made us look out for each other. It didn't care if you was from Orchard Park and he was from the Point or whatever, wherever right. the beast was, you know, and right. we was from Copeland and they was from Blue Hell Ave. When when the riots started or when the fights started, we fought together. Right. And I you think know? the other thing too, just for folks who are watching and listening to kind of understand, um, you know, in other parts of the country, you had like Bloods, Crips, right? Like you had yeah. like specific gangs but in boston yeah. specifically like the the it was more like neighborhood for neighborhood, neighborhood. yeah there's none of that we don't even allow that type of gang you know activity yeah in, in, it was just in, a neighborhood thing. it was neighborhoods like you said like a lot of us are segregated yep. you know so we're segregated i mean you know and we're in certain areas and you protect that little certain area that you call your home or your right. street or your neighborhood so right. you know right. Now, let me see. I, have, I had another story. Oh, I'm yeah. going to tell you the story. I'm going to tell you the story about um, the basketball team. It was kind of funny because we played ball, you know, at the school, you, you know, you do your drills and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was like, a, I can remember the one white kid, his name was Dennis and he was on it and he played and he, and he was pretty good. But I can remember like we got comfortable. This is when it's comfortable time. We're kind of not riding as much. But I can remember that we got bold enough because it was a corner store right outside of our school to the left. You go outside to the left and it was a store there. So I can remember us going in there, running, we go to the school. I mean, we get out of school, we're waiting for the bus. The bus is out, we go to the store before school. We're going to the school before the, you know, the bus comes. So we run to the store and we grabbing chips and sodas and and, and Snickers bars, and we're putting them on the counter. And then we're telling the lady, excuse us, can you hurry up? Because um, the bus is going to be outside. And she's just sitting there. And we're like, excuse us, ma'am. She said, um, I don't know why you're here, because I don't serve niggas. <gasps> and we oh. was like, oh, OK. So since you don't serve us, start taking it. And we left. 
got on the bus, and the next day, you know, we're getting off the buses and they're pulling certain people, pulling you out of the line. Yo, Harris over here, over here, Smith over here. So all of us are standing there, and then they bring the lady in. So they say, excuse us, man, can you identify any of these students that was in your store? And she says, nah, because all niggas look the same to me. Wow. And they said, well, we can't do nothing. And they told her to leave, you know, but we couldn't go in the store no more. So that's where Dennis comes in and he goes to get our stuff every day before, you know, at the end of practice. And, um, and Dennis was the one white kid on the back. He was the one white kid. Yeah, he was the one white kid. Now, I wasn't really a player. I, I tried out. They wanted to put me on JV, so I didn't play. I just want to tell, because I don't want no guys seeing this and be like, you didn't play on the basketball team. I was the camera. Ah. Like, yeah, so I should be doing what you're doing now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was the camera guy. I played, I tried out. They wanted to put me on JV, and I was like, nah, I'm not doing no JV. Right. I'm not better than that. Yeah, so you so, was cameraman. Yeah, I was cameraman. I love that. I love that we have a connection. I used to go to the school, you know. I can remember going to Hyde Park and they got mad because we beat them and they acted like, you know, we was in South Boston and bricked our bus. Wow. And this is another black school that you're talking about. Another black school. Well, another school that they shipped they bus uh white people, I mean black people to. And that's what they did. Mm. They bombed us, we jumped out the back seats you know, the back door and we went to get them. Right. So were they, so you said they bust black students to other black schools as well? Other, like Hyde Park was like a predominantly white area. Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, it, it, you know, it was like kind of upper classes, you know, you go as far as going up towards Hyde Park, Dorchester Ave or whatever, it was, I forget Hyde Park Ave, but we didn't go that far. That mm-hmm. was like whites, you know, that was considered, you know, out of our, jurisdiction right there was boundaries that you had yeah. to stay with them yeah I mean, you could be on like Savin hill was like almost it was like kind of like a mixed area but on one side you have these you know whites and on the other side you have blacks so or a certain like a certain way up was as far as you can go mm-hmm. and that's like you get caught there you know you get jumped wow 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 this is like, I'm still, I'm going to have to like, obviously watch this back, listen back and like process yeah. this because you've just given so much information. That's what um, I told George I was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And George was like, I got you. I got you somebody. And I was like, send him yeah. my way, George. This yeah, is, this he, is amazing. He told me, I said, but this is what I told him. I said, man, you should have came to me for information for the movie, you know? Cause I said, but you know, we, we lost touch and I'm yeah. glad that he's back. I'm supposed to go to the premiere. I'm in South Carolina right now. Okay. Got yeah, I don't it. live in Boston no more, but I'm in South Carolina. So, you know, I'm supposed to be going up there for the premiere. I'm going to surprise some people, you know, nice. some members and things nice. like that. So, but I'm, re- I'm very excited, man. And watching the interview with you and him got me that much more excited. Nice. You know, cause I was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is deep. But yeah, because yeah, I mean, story. my goal is just to tell stories that haven't been told, you know, what I mean, yeah, to yeah, capture yeah. them so that somebody, whether it's a younger generation or someone who's not familiar with Boston and busing so that they can have an understanding, right? Again, yeah. going back to that of a different perspective, because, it, yeah, go for the it. Thing, the thing about that, like a lot of the young black kids need to know about it, because mm-hmm. see, if they if they knew how we had to group together and things like that as a black community or just black neighborhoods bound together to stop, then they wouldn't be fighting and killing and doing the stuff that they're doing now. They need to right. know that. Right. You know? Right. Because it, it yeah, because it's it's not like this is 50 years ago. No. This is you know 70s. I mean? This, yeah, it's not, it's not that long ago. I mean, it is a long time when you think about it, but you know, these are our children and grand and grandchildren. Right. You know, these are you know our children that don't even have an idea. Right. And they're too busy being angry at each other not to know what we faced because we faced right. that on a regular basis. This is part of our education. So for seven years, and I stayed an extra year, so eight years for me mm-hmm. because of of because of the riots and things like that. 
and, and uh, you know, it was it was harder, mm. and it was harder, and you know, stayed an extra year. So I stayed eight years in that type of environment. I've been to jail or I've been right. to prison, but I mean, I didn't do like I did like a year and a half, eighteen months, and you know whatever. Mm. But being in prison was nothing like going to school. It Tell was me about that. like I had riots. I have, because in jail is just the same thing, in prison is the same thing, it's segregated and things like that. You know your boundaries and stuff like that. But it was easier to maintain the ambushes and the surprise attacks. You don't get them. I mean, people, you know, have, you know, you got beef and things, but you don't, you don't have that same intensity that I that have that I had as a young adult going into adulthood, a young child going into adulthood, because it was more severe in school than it was in prison. Wow. Like, been in riots, more more riots in school than I've been in prison. That is, that, that is profound to really, and I think that puts that into perspective as well, like that you yeah. literally experienced more riots in school. More, more, more fight and more hate more more violence in school than I did in prison. Mm. That's deep. That is very, very deep. What do you, <sighs> I have a couple questions for you, <laughs> but one I think is, I'm curious about your parents um, and just kind of what they told you, if anything, or if they prepped you, or whoever your guardians were at the time, you it know. It was just my mother, single. It was single just mother. your mom. Yeah, but my mother's funny because I'm gonna tell you a story. Like yeah. I had a teacher. I never went to like the seventh seventh period class. I would sneak out of school, get on the bus, go home, and you know, go to a job or whatever I was doing at the time. But I can remember this lady says, "I've never seen." She's like, "They said my name while she was around because I got I got picked up." for a hooking class, we'll say. I don't really remember, but I had like hook class. And then they said James Harris. The lady said James Harris, her name was Miss Holland. She was a light-skinned black lady. She was mean, she was biology and I should have went because she was very informative. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I, I'm i in the, the office, excuse me, I'm in the office she says, Mr. Harris is in my class, but he's never been there. I've never seen him in my class. And I said, yeah, that's because I leave because I don't like you. me. Because she was mean. And yeah, I figured she, right. you know, that's what she I said. don't blame you. She, she was, was mean. mean. So, so, so what they do is they call my mother. Okay, we're going to have to get to the bottom of this. Where, you, where do you go? Uh, seven period. And, you know, so I get on the... Um, the minivan and they, you know, and the work study truck, the, the bus, and I leave. So they call my mother. And when they call my mother, first thing my mother said is, listen, I didn't want him there in the first place. And now that he's giving you problems, don't call me because I didn't want him out there anyway. Mm. So I'm like in the back and I'm laughing and I'm pointing. <laughs> so then they say, and then she says, well, put him on the phone. So when I get on the phone, the first thing my mother said, what are you doing? Didn't I tell you not to embarrass me? Don't make me come out there and whoop your ass in front of people. Now they hear me, they hear my mother, and now they're like this <laughs> and pointing at me. But you know, that's just the way my mother, I mean, I had to go to school. My mother told us we have to go to school. Yeah. And it was like, you know, that it wasn't, I don't think, I'm not going to say she didn't have worries because she worried when we weren't home when the streetlights went out, you know, right. and calling, you know, I mean, it wasn't cell phones and things like back then. So she couldn't even contact. You have to wait and worry till we got home, you know. Right. So, you know, but I mean, in, in, in that process, it was like a few, every all, everybody on my street went, mostly all of them went to South Boston. So it was just a, y'all stick together. You stick with the older ones and you be careful out there you know, because I don't want nothing to happen to you. Right. But I don't really think she was as worried as we were because she didn't know what we were really going through. Right. You know, and then after a while, like with anything, you get numb to certain things. 
You know, you get numb to it. So, you know, you go to school, you just got to be careful. You know, you got to, you know, know the boundaries and things like that. So after a while, it was school as normal mm-hmm. with, you know, the slight distractions. Right. So, you know, we just do it just to do it. We right. have to go. You got to go. I got to get up and go to school. Right. That, that's literally how school was at the time. And like you said, you became like numb to it, became the norm. Yes, that's where you learn how to fight. You know, a lot of people got educated. You know, you toughen up your skills there. You get, you know, you learn how to fight. You okay. got a little of both. Yeah, now you know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I'm in, I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into the fights and stuff like yeah. that. But for the most part, you know, it was, it was, it was like being in boot camp in the mm-hmm. army. Because you definitely learn some things. You learn survival tactics and how to, you know, point out the aggressor before he gets to you and right. know that some, yeah, you feel, you, your instincts kick in. And, and like I said, and, I, and I'll compare it to prison anytime, it was more intense in school than it was there. I, you know, I've done little bits, so, mm-hmm. you know, nothing major. But I know that school was way more. It was way more intense. Wow. So I'm curious if we, you know, now that we were in the 70s, we fast forward to 2022. And what do you want, you know, young people, folks, let's start with the young people. What do you want young people to take away from your story, from what you shared with us from the busing? What would you like them to learn? To learn that as a whole that we're all like I I have this thing that I told my children a long time ago I didn't allow them to fight with each other and things like that because I tell you as a black person you have a tougher fight anyway so that means that you are to stick together you stick together and that's what we need to do because now like there's the there's the you know more vivid police brutality Mm-hmm. More now with the internet, there's more hate crimes, mm-hmm. and we have to learn how to stick together. They say that the black people are the last people that ever get their piece of the pie because we don't know how to stick together. We have to learn that that we we're we're not the enemy of each other. Right. We're the brothers and sisters of each other. You yeah. know, the aunts and uncles and mothers and things like that. And we just need to stick together. And it, and it's crazy because a lot of a lot of the young kids don't know that most of the people that you're hurting and killing are people that your parents know, they grew up with, they're friends of, you know, and things like that, because Boston's this big. Yeah. It's that big. So all these people that you're fighting against are someone's son and mother that the next person knows. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and if I, my message to 20, the people in 2022, the young kids and things like that, we got to stop hurting each other. They hurt us a long time ago mm-hmm. and they will continue to hurt us. You don't have to be the enemy of each other. Right. Cause there's already enemies out there and people don't like us for, for whatever reason. I have a t-shirt that I haven't made, but it's so powerful because it, it expresses like a thing about the black man, mm. you know? And, and, but the thing is that, you know, we're, we're, we're in a time where it's Things that's done to us is deliberate. Right. Like it's it's upfront focal. When we we are the target, so we must stick together and mm. and, and protect each other instead of hurting and killing each other. Mm. So that's my message for them. I love that. I love that. Absolutely well, love that. You. I appreciate this so much. Is there anything that I feel like we touched on more than I anticipated? Let's yeah, start yeah, there. Really? <laughs> This is good. This is good. Is there anything that, yeah, I was going to say, is there anything else that we missed or anything that is like on your heart and your spirit before we wrap this up? I mean, I just wish it was different. Mm. I wish, I wish that like, you know, I wish we honestly, it sounds like a a cliche. I just wish we can all just get along. It's so like what I never understood is how can they hate us so much, mm. you know, for something that we, I mean, they hate us so much and we don't even know what we did. 
Yeah. It's like being punished for something that you have no idea why you're being punished for. Nobody right. tells you nothing. They just punish you. Right. They hurt you. They attack you. You know, they kill you. And, and nobody knows why. It's, it's like, how can you breed that much hate? Right. Like, right. I don't get it. Even when we was going to school and I've seen, like I said, it was, they used to pick at us. And when I say pick, I never even knew why. I didn't know why we was being busted. I didn't know why we was being picketed. I didn't know why they were rioting us. I didn't know why we had to run from this place to get over the bridge. If you get caught in the Andrew station, once you got over the bridge, they would stop. Mm. And you know, but you just don't know why. Right. And that's what I would like, uh, like a definitive answer to why. Right. Why were you so angry? Why were you so... Yeah, why? why? Especially to children, to children. And, and that's what gets me because even just like that incident that happened, you know, that just recently happened where the guy went and got down all them children in school, which is unfortunate. Yeah. How can you be so cruel to something so innocent? So innocent. And you, I mean, if, if that was the case, go get somebody that can retaliate. Go get somebody that can fight you back or shoot right. back at you. Right. you. You went and slayed a group of children. Children. People's babies. Yeah. People's babies. Crazy. Yeah. And like, where yeah. does that anger come from? What did that particular group of kids do to you? Nothing. Yeah. Right. Right. You no, know, now you got them in fear. The ones that survive will be in trauma, shock, terror. PTSD. You know, things like that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. And that's so true because we brought that up a little bit when we chatted with George about like the school shootings and stuff like that. And it's just like, there's been so many distractions for, for yeah. kids to get an education from yeah. the dawn of time. Like this is so many like distractions and it, it's just like one job. One The one job is to just get an education and it is so difficult to do. Just yeah, now, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, it, and, it, and it's, yeah, it makes it almost impossible. And we're not even going to have that bright group of students that do big things because if not for, you know, things like that happening, taking away their ability to learn or making them shell shock so they won't absorb all they need to know. You got people killing, inspiring people. You never know what they're going to be because they got wiped out. Right. People just killing. And, 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 and one of the questions that nobody can answer is how, when did it become so easy to kill? Yeah. Like, when does it become so easy? Like I had a theory, it's just my thing. It's just like people who live in the South and you know, and they do farm animals and stuff. If you can slaughter 20 cows a day, cut their stomachs, cut their throats and stuff, what makes you think that he can't kill a person? Right. Or what makes the, you know, they need psyche. People who do them type of jobs need to go and sit down with a shrink so they can not get taken away by that easily how you kill. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Cause it's a, it's, it's a, like it's a constant, it's a mentality, but it's also, it's a constant, like if you're slaying every day, whether it's cows, pigs, like that you're killing another life and there's something that's just, it becomes nothing to you. You become, like, yeah. like I said earlier, numb to it. Mm-hmm. Then what happens now you can go out there and kill a group of people and don't even have that thought. Like yeah. you did something bad. That's why I say everybody needs a therapist. Get you a beautiful therapist. Yeah. Mental yeah, health services do. should be, you know, yeah. available. Like you know for, how it is for, for everyone. Black people. Yeah. You know how it is for Black people to get a therapist. They think if they go to therapy, something's really wrong with yeah and it's like no this is the one and let me say this because this is like <laughs> i know this is, has nothing to do with busting but it's important right i was in therapy for seven eight years and when i tell you that was the one time every single week where the entire session revolved around me it had nothing to do with nothing anyone do with else. Nobody it, was else. About, it was about me and making sure that i could get through my shit whatever shit that i went it wasn't like She's telling me what I need to get over. She's telling me what to do. It was me saying, hey, I'm feeling this way and that way. 
I would like some help, right? And I think some people got to get to that point of realizing that there's something better, right? Like you don't have to live with chronic depression. You don't have to live with chronic anxiety. You don't have to live, you know, with PTSD ruining your life because my mental health was running my life for so long that I didn't even know that it was a possibility to get on the other side of it and and have good days for multiple days and not be sad and crying or anxious or having flashbacks and stuff like that. So I'm such a huge proponent of mental health services, especially for Black people, marginalized folks who have just like been through it. Like, go get yourself a therapist. You know what I mean? I know it's like, you know, it costs money and stuff like that, but, but get you a therapist. Out there. Yeah. out there to help you. Yeah, it's there's so many such therapists. A big issue. Mm-hmm. It's become such a, and people didn't, people thought, oh, he's just crazy or whatever. And you see like, like Delonte West, you know, from the, you know, he played basketball and then you see just like Jaheim and they had mental health issues that really ruined their ability to do what they was doing good and getting paid to do. Yeah. And it's like, it's a shame. And you see people, and you, you know, and it's just, it's just crazy because you don't know what people go through. Right. You know, and just like George was talking about, you know, the other side, like, you know, asking the people, how do they feel? You know, yeah. nobody asked them. They just shoved it down their throats. Right. They just put us in a situation. Right. And then we dealt with it the best we know how. Exactly. Wow. 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 I love it. I love it. This has been like, this has been even better conversation than I could have ever anticipated. And I'm just very appreciative for you and your story and all that you went through and just your perspective as well of, of being able to, you know, talk about it, you know? So I just want to say thank you. I, I yearn to talk about it. Like I've yeah. yearned to talk about it. Like when, like when he told me, man, I'm like, man, you could have came and got some footage, you know, some ideas for me, because it was traumatic. Mm. And traumatic things you don't forget. You don't. So forget. that's why the stories are fresh. They're like fresh. There's more, but them are the ones that I always, especially the one about the old lady with the, you know, American flag and the middle finger. Middle and finger. The, yeah, she had, and she was in a wheelchair. But wow. she was out there, and that's that was the that's what made my first question: What did? Why do these people hate us so much? If you if you had that much energy, you're on your you, you look like you're whittling away, so you're probably close to death. But you have you're that adamant about being out there protesting us being there, and you're sick. You're sickly. You can barely walk because you're in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. What? It didn't stop her from being out there. Right. And when when do you go to school? In September, so it's kind of chilly. You yeah. know, we got the cold breeze in the air. But she was out there full force, front and center. Wow. Like this, this, middle finger. this. Nigga, go home mm. with a middle finger up, an American flag and a wheelchair saying, nigga, go home. Wow. Wow. Mm. Mr. Harris. James, yes. Sir. Sir, you have just, this has been a magical episode. Let me well, just you make, sure, you make sure you tell George that. I know he's going to see it once you edit it and all that, but you let him know ahead of time. Absolutely. Tell him, yeah, I did this for him too. Absolutely. I'm going to call him right after this and tell him, George, listen, baby, okay? Like, you did, we did yeah. something magical because... Boston that's the thing is like and we talked about it before I keep saying I'm gonna wrap up and then I'm like one okay. more thing we can go we can go because <laughs> um, I definitely have to have you back on for sure that is that you can guarantee I will have you back on the crystal lens experience but I don't know I'm just like I just think of all these stories that need to be told but it's funny right because I live mm-hmm. in the south now and I can remember, like everybody, every time I go to a job or hang out and stuff, people ask me, am I from New York or New Jersey? And then I say, nah, I'm from Boston. And they, and they, and then you get that, there's black people in Boston? Like, Hell yeah, yeah, there's black people in Boston, yeah, damn it. In Boston, yeah, that is, it's crazy though, because they act like they, there's none. Right. And I'm like, yeah, we're here and we represent. We, Absolutely. And that's why I'm going to say it again, that like between me, between George, between the people that we're all connected to, like we're going to put Boston on the map and tell the black story. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And you are part of it. You are officially part of it. Yes. Thank you so much. I can't say thank you enough. Um, you know, for sharing your story for all that. Like I'm so appreciative. Um and I just want to tell the folks one more time that The Walk is coming out June 10th. So if you want to see a Hollywood depiction of this real life story that James has told us today, check out The Walk. It's going to be in theaters June 10th. Okay, be there, be there yep. wherever you're at. I'm going to read the list of cities again in case folks missed it the first time. Tell in the beginning. We're going to tell you Los Angeles, New York City, Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Detroit, Minneapolis, and Orlando. I need y'all to all pull up June 10th, okay? And that's how you know the movie has that factor because where it's being played in, these are major cities. Major cities. Major. Major. So he's done a good job, him and his co-writer, you know, I forget his name, but you know, Daniel know Adams, him. he's his co-writer. Yeah. All good. Yeah. And All they, good. They, they did it. Well, I haven't seen it. I watched a little, you know, the, the, the trailer. Trailer. And um, I'm just hoping, like he said, these people get some awards. I see him on award show and his crew getting, you know, accepting some honors. Oh yeah, I, he's getting an Oscar. He's getting an Oscar. I really oh that's yeah. so good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good feeling. <laughs> I can say, but I, I brag about like even when he first did it, like and he told me, "Yo, Jiz, I need you to do this. I need you to do that." As soon as he said it, I did it. You send me that, I put it on my Facebook boom, and I tell people, "You do this, I do that." Oh, I got somebody I need you to talk to. Go ahead, give me. As soon as he gave me the information, I hit you up. So that day when he gave it to me, ten seconds later, I had ticked you up. You responded, and now yeah. we're here. Yeah, making that's that what happen. It's about. Making it absolutely. happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're making it happen. And this is not the last time that y'all going to see this man again on the Crystal Lens Experience. We're going to have him back. We're going to tell some more stories because I can just feel it in my heart and my shundo that you have a treasure chest of stories to share oh, with no us. Doubt. So we're no going to have you back. We're going to have you on the show again. Um, I just want to say thank you. I, I said it like 10,000 times, but thank you for sharing your story like well, thank, thank you for having me thank you for you know giving me the opportunity to just talk about it because i tell stories all the time i've yeah. told these to many of people that i've met down here when they don't understand what's going on and i say y'all are you know so slave you know y'all act like a bunch of slaves y'all let these people kind of dictate how you move you're scared to you know, get chastised or whatever now nah, you speak mm -hmm. your speak man speak your mind and don't let nobody uh, they, they know they see I'm a I'm hard to deal with. like mm -hmm. down here I don't take none of it I was scared when my mother when we first came down here and this is just off the record yeah when, we yeah, first, yeah when I when we when I first came down here it was during the time when the kid that Dylan Booth or whatever his name mm -hmm. is killed all the people at the church mm -hmm. and we was coming down here for uh, my family reunion but I was staying and it, and it got to the point where my mother kept saying to me, right, please be good because she mm. you know, excuse me, how I am. If I'm scared, if you put me in a corner like a rat, I'm going to do some damage. Mm. And I was so scared that these people were going to be so racist and so mm -hmm. vivid about it. Like it's going to be on the front line. They're going to, you know, they're not going to hide it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I was scared that I was going to be in jail in no time because mm -hmm. I thought I was going to have to show my ass because they was going to show theirs and I wasn't going out like that. Mm -hmm. But it, it but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. And, and, and being down here is a slower pace, but people are so brainwashed sort mm -hmm. of that, you know, it's like, I work at a warehouse. Mm -hmm. It's like we're field niggas. And then they have some, you know, every once in a while, you know, you got some black person in charge and he's that house nigga that keeps mm -hmm. you in line and master's going to send you out. You know, they'll walk you out of here. And I said, I don't care. There's other jobs, but I'm mm -hmm. not going to be, you know, what you want me to be because I have a voice. I'm speaking. You're not going to treat me in any kind of way. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I go by. And I try to teach them how to get out of that, Slavery. The mentality, it's yeah, the mentality. mentality. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, we're gonna have to have you back on. Well, I'm gonna close this thing on now, but celebrity. Yes, you're gonna be a local celebrity. I'm gonna put you on the map. I got you, sir. I got you. I got you. All right, so let's close this thing on out. Thank you so much for watching and listening to another episode of the Excellence Experience. Yes, they're gonna watch it, they're gonna listen to it. All of the above is going to be great. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And until next time, we out. Love, peace, and soul. Hey.